Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church's podcast, where we are taught by the Word and led by the Spirit. I hope today's message encourages you and challenges you to draw nearer to Jesus. So we are on the topic of worship, and it is my joy and honor to teach about worship. Um, It's not just what I'm honored to do as far as music goes, it's it's, it's what I'm honored to live, worship, as we all get that honor to worship the Lord. Amen? So I'm excited today. Um, How many know worship, and I just want to set this straight, how many know worship is not just music, what I do on a Sunday morning usually? It's our life, right? Amen? So let's just get that on the table right now. When you hear worship out of my mouth this morning, it's not just what we just did. Okay, it includes that. That is a part of it. And I also want to say this, that please everything I say this morning, I've spent a lot of time in prayer, fasting, and seeking God. And I believe what he gave me this morning is his heart. And it comes from the heart of love, from the Lord and from me. Okay? So if something rubs you wrong, please... Just take it to the Lord. Um, and I will also say, today's an invitation. And I'm going to read a lot from my notes, because I feel God's given me some specific things to say that I do not want to mess up. But today is an invitation to worship God the way He wants to be worshipped. An invitation from the Lord to hunger and thirst for truth about pure and holy worship. To let go of tradition and preference. To worship a holy and worthy God. An invitation to let go of preconceived ideas about worship, and let, Bi- let the Bible teach us what worship really is. Before we open up the scriptures, I want to ask you two questions. Who defines what acceptable worship to God is? It's not a trick question. God. Amen? Amen? And let me ask you the second question. This is a question the Lord put on my heart to ask myself uh, before I open this holy book, the holy word of God. And I want to ask you this this morning. Is Jesus worthy of everything this book says? Is Jesus worthy of everything this book says? Yes. I should get a resounding yes, a loud yes, because everything this book tells us He is worthy of. Amen? Why is this important? If we are going to be true worshipers of God, then we have to know Him, and we have to know what He wants. It is not wholly unacceptable to just throw out some words, good songs, and do good deeds. We have to worship God His way for it to be pleasing to Him. Amen? Amen. So how serious is God about pure worship? There's many scriptures that will tell you how serious God is about his worship. One we're not going to turn to, but I just want to tell you, you can look it up later. It's in Malachi. And these, these priests, and these, they're, they're offering God, they're bringing these blemished animals to the Lord for the sacrifice. And I don't know if you've read this or not, but do you know what God says when they're offering him blemished sacrifices? Does anybody know? Shut the door. He says, I wish that someone would just shut the door and stop. I would rather you not offer me blemished things and just don't offer me anything at all. I do not want that said about this church. I do not want God to look at our worship and say, would you guys just shut the doors? Because this is not pleasing to me. Amen? And I know that sounds harsh. Again, you have to understand this is filtered through the love of the Lord. This is the things that God said to his people in Scripture. Amen? I'm not making any of this up. Okay? So that's how, God's, how serious God is. Um, I'm gonna start, I want to read this quote. I think Andrew said this the other week. And then we're going to get into Romans 12. Uh, I want to define worship, and I want to use Sam Storm's definition or description of what worship is. He says, worship begins with deep biblical thoughts about God, robust and expansive truths about who he is and his greatness and glory 
Thoughts that in turn awaken passionate affections for God, such as joy and gladness and delight and gratitude and admiration and love and fear and zeal and deep satisfaction in all that God is for us in Jesus. These in turn find expression in all of life, whether in singing or speaking or acting or the decisions we make or the way we live life in general. I love that. Because what we see is worship is in our thoughts, actions, our words. It's our mind, soul, spirit, body, our emotions. It's everything. Everything that we do, everything that we are is in worship to something. As believers, our worship is unto God. Amen? Amen. But it has to be all of our being, not just part of our being. Okay? So let's go to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's see. Romans, a lot of us probably know this. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 are pretty, pretty popular scriptures. And it says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There's two things I want to pull out of this, these verses and discuss today. One, a living sacrifice. The second one we're going to discuss is renewing our mind, which is done by beholding the Lord. And I'm going to give definition to beholding. So if you're like, what is beholding? We're going to talk about it. So first, let's discuss living sacrifice. What is a living sacrifice, right? We see in the Old Testament that they were, animals were used not as living. They were slaughtered, right? We, thankfully, that is not, that, that's not us, right? Our living sacrifices, we are a sacrifice that continues to live a life that is glorifying to God. Amen? We're no longer our own. Scripture says that we belong to Him. Amen? Amen. We're just, I like a lot of conversations, so if you guys could just, amen, even if you don't agree or like it, just, Amen, whatever. Um, I just like uh, conversation. Um, We're no longer alone. We we belong to God. So Jesus gives us a lot of insight to what a living sacrifice looks like, right? He tells us with how we pray. Pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done, right? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness right? Not our kingdom, not our righteousness, his kingdom, his righteousness. Amen? He also says, pick up your cross and follow me. The cool thing is, if you have the version app, that's today's verse. Crucify yourself, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Amen? Um, so this idea of being a living sacrifice has to form our worship, our idea of worship, or it's not worship unto God. Okay? We have to understand that if anything other than God defines worship, then we have put that thing above God. Right? So if we're not going to submit ourselves to the Lord, belong to Him, be a living sacrifice for Him, and let something else define our life, define what worship is, now we have made an idol. Because now we're worshiping that thing instead of God, because we're obeying that thing. Does that make sense? We're tracking? Okay. Again, I want to follow my notes closely because I feel like there's things the Lord really wants me to say. So, so with that said, I would ask you to search your heart and say, has, have I allowed anything other than the Lord define worship for me? Have I, let, have I allowed culture to define worship? what worship is? 
have I allowed myself to define what acceptable worship is? Or is my worship defined fully and wholly by the Word of God? And this part's gonna, this is going to get a little rough. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to get a little rough. But I want you to hang with me. And I want to pray because this, um, yes, I'm going to pray because I, I want us to be a people that are humble and holy and hunger, hunger for what is true. And so, uh, Lord, I just ask that the, pet, the section we're about to get into, Jesus, I really want this to come across gentle and I really want this to come across with your love. God, I know this is something you put on my heart, and it's not critical, Lord. It's, it's out of a genuine place of grace and love. And so I just pray to come across that way and be received that way. Father, help us to be a people who are humble, who are hungry for truth, and who walk in holiness. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so as a worship leader, I, I've been in worship for over 20 years. I hear a lot of things in worship. And one of the things I hear, two big reasons I hear why people do not worship completely according to Scripture is, one, personality. I hear this a lot. It's not my personality. That's not how I like to worship. That's not my thing. That's not how I'm wired. Let me ask you something. Who is at the center of every single phrase I just said? Me. Who should be at the center of our worship? Jesus, God, amen, right? So growing up, many of you grew up uh, very Bible, very not, not a lot of Holy Spirit. I grew up very Holy Spirit. Very, there's, not a lot, there's not many environments that would freak me out, just to be honest. I, I, it's, it's great. But here's the thing, in my background, not everybody holds true to the Word of God. Not a, a lot of people hold very tight to what they think is the Holy Spirit, but they're not holding true to this Scripture. And so a lot of what I saw in the, the, the rooms I've been in is people have no problem screaming, shouting, waving their hands, even flags maybe, uh, dancing wild, expressive worship, and yet they have a problem with submission to biblical leadership. They have a problem with loving and forgiving and showing grace. They gossip, they slander, they tear down. Do you think God accepts this worship when they're over here doing this outside of a worship service? Can I be honest? That was me. I'll be honest with you guys. There's times I've led worship and then went and got high. Do you think that was pleasing to the Lord? And no, that was not recently, okay? <laughs> They're like, is this his confession? No. That was a long, that was like long, that was like, like 16, 17-year-old David. I'm 38, so yes, long time ago. <laughs> so can you guys see how that's not pleasing to the Lord? Right? But then I've also been around people, not as often, but I've been around people who are like, man, I will honor God with my money, my marriage, my job. I will love people, be kind to people. But this whole singing thing, this dancing thing, this lifting my hands and shouting thing, I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. It's not what? My personality. Neither of the situations I just gave you is okay. Now listen, I understand doing something that is not comfortable. I understand doing something that is not what I would consider my normal thing to do. But understand this. I come back to this a lot in my life. Does anybody in here really think that Jesus sat in the garden and said, boy, I sure can't wait to go to the cross. That's my personality. No. The scripture is clear that he was in agony. But you know what he said? Father, I'll do it. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. So church, I'm here to say, your personality is not a biblical excuse not to worship God the way that he says is acceptable. 
okay? And no, I do want to say this. This is kind of funny, but this is also serious. I do not get paid more or get bonuses by how many people raise their hands in worship, okay? That's not how this works. <laughs> Thought that'd be funny, but you guys are like, wait, does he? <laughs> no. No, I don't. Okay, sorry. Uh, maybe that wasn't funny. But no, listen. Scripture calls it a sacrifice of praise. Why? Because a sacrifice is hard. So for me, uh, now if this, now this thing comes easy to me. Now acting a fool in front of people comes easy to me because I've, I've grown in the Lord and I've matured and, and like he's wrecked my life and I just don't care anymore. Okay? I, I care. Sorry. I care. I just care about him so much more that I will honor him before I honor a person. I forget who said it, but there's a quote that said, I'd rather offend people than offend God. That's what I mean to say. I do care. I love everyone. Um, okay. So it's a sacrifice of praise. So what I was getting at is for me, uh, there's some things that are easier for me to do than others. For a while, my, my, my attitude, my anger, that was like, Lord, I need to honor you in, in my attitude. I need to honor you with my life and not just be mean or rigid or for, like just harsh. Because I can get up here and do all this, but if I go home and I'm just like, like just nasty to my friends and family, is that honoring to the Lord? Is God going to bless that? No. And maybe for some of you, you're like, you know, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with my money. I have no problem. But this whole thing of like being at home and worshiping God with expression, I'm not doing that. It's a sacrifice of praise. God calls us to do things that are hard. Okay? So let's move on. Okay. We're still going to be rocky. Here's the deal. What time do the Bengals play? 3.15? 3 o'clock? They're playing the Bills. There's going to be, I don't know how many, peop- how many people that stadium holds. But we all know this. Week in and week out, every Sunday during football season, there are grown men losing their ever-loving minds over other grown men hitting each other. And those grown men are making millions And then here's what happens. Grown men come into church and they're like, not my personality. Bro, you were just hugging a strange man that you've never met because somebody scored a touchdown. We laugh because it's funny. But Jesus is like, guys, it's not funny. You're giving what's mine to mortals. You're giving what's mine to those who will die, who, you know what, and, and I mean this in no... These guys' lives could end at any moment. And we worship them like they're God, like they did something for us. Like, does that make sense? Like, we give them the glory that is due to the Lord. Is there something wrong with cheering for a football team? No. I'm going to cheer for the Bengals today. But when I give them something that I give God much less of, that's an idol. I'm going to call it what it is. It's an idol, folks. And we got to repent of these things. This is the thing, we fought, we, in the church, and this is not just this church, this is churches I've been in, it's, it's so difficult to fill a prayer room, yet people will pay $200 to go watch one football game every single weekend. Or name your hobby. We give our time to everything else. We have calendars filled with events. Where's God on your calendar? Where's God on your calendar? We, 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 this is the thing, guys, like God has convicted me so much. I make time for everyone else and everything else except God. And then I say, I just didn't have time today. I just didn't, I didn't have time. We have time. We have time. You make time for what's important to you. I love you guys. And I love the Lord. And I've been weeping all weekend because the Lord's been dealing with my sin. He's been convicting me. Katie and I, Katie had to sit and listen to me yesterday for like three hours, just weep and repent and cry out to the Lord and just share my heart. This isn't just for you guys, it's for me. 
But do you guys, can you, do, you, do you think that's concerning that we can fill stadiums for silly events, but we can't fill prayer rooms? We can't fill worship nights? Do you guys? It's okay to say yes or no. But do you find it concerning in your heart? I do. I do. We've made idols of these things. A friend of mine who's a pastor in Kansas City posted this, and I was like, wow, Chris, you are a brave man as a pastor, and I love it. About a month ago, when it was really cold, Kansas City Chiefs had a football game, and the stadium was packed, packed. People spent hours, and I've been to a Chiefs game. You don't just go to the game. You go tailgating for hours before the game. So at minimum, these people were outside for three and a half hours, some 10 hours. And my buddy, who's a pastor in Kansas City, says, how many believers would sit outside in the cold that long to hear the word of God? And I'd like to add, how many believers would be out in the cold that long to worship God, if that's what it took? Now, don't get me wrong. Just like anyone else, I love the comforts. I love being inside instead of out there right now. But it's a heart check to say, if that's, all we, if that's where we had to be, would we do it? Because we do it for sports. We do it for other things. We do it to make money. What about Jesus? What about Jesus, guys? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Amen. And don't feel condemned. He loves us. And I say this with love as well. I'm concerned, and this is a genuine concern. So men, please listen up. I'm going to be rough on you. I'm concerned we have more men in the church who know more information about athletes than they do about Jesus. Who talk more about sports, beer, and movies and less about things of God. Men who are losing their strength and passion for Jesus by following the lust of their flesh, just like Samson. He was a mighty man of God, but because of his lust, it led him into situations where he was killed. We make jokes about perverted things and laugh about it. This should not be. God, forgive us and help the next generation of men. Where are the hungry? Where are the thirsty? Will you be one who hungers and thirsts for the Lord? Will you walk in holiness? Will you let go of lesser lovers and worship Jesus in holiness? I plead with you to not settle for lesser things, lesser lovers. The God of all creation is inviting you into pure and holy worship. Where are the hungry? Where are the thirsty? Will you be one? Will you be one? God's not going to make you hungry. Will you, will you hunger for him? See, do you guys become... We be, okay, we become hungry because we have lack of, right? We eat something, and then all of a sudden we haven't eaten in a while, and we use that up, and now we're hungry again. How do we gain desires for certain foods? We eat them. We eat those foods. If all I eat is junk food, vegetables taste disgusting. But if I eat clean and good, guess what tastes delicious? Fruits and vegetables. You hunger what you feed yourself. So what are you hungry for? What are you thirsting for? Is it Jesus? Or is it things of the world? Okay. So because Scripture commands worship in song and lifestyle, it is not pleasing to God for us to decide one form or the other. To be a living sacrifice is to give God what He wants, to give Him all of us. So it's not up to our personality. We are his. This is not cruel, or this is not because he is cruel. So he doesn't demand worship like this because he's mean and he, he needs it. And he wants, like, he's like, give it to me. It's because he's God. And you know, it's beautiful. It's because he knows how he made you. Think about this. He knows how he made you. And he still commanded us to worship in our lifestyle and in song and expression. Amen. Check this out. I want to go over this because only God can do this. Only God can take a command that he gives us and say, you know what? Not only is it to glorify me, 
It's to bless you. Did you know that? Okay, so let's go a couple examples. Singing. Did you know that when you sing, I'm not going to get into all the science of it, but when you sing, it creates vibrations, and without going into a ton, it does it hits your spine and basically releases chemicals that actually fight off pain. Is that cool? When you sing, is that not cool? I thought it was cool. Dancing. Did you know uh, dancing fights off stress and anxiety? Do you know that? No? It does. Isn't that cool that God's like, hey, sing, dance. You're like, wow. It glorifies him and actually does good for my body. Did you know that giving money away, this is medically and scientifically proven, that giving money away or blessing others lowers your blood pressure and protects your physical heart? Is that a form of worship? Yeah. Did you know being kind, who knew that was worship and would be healthy for you? Did you know being kind actually increases your self-esteem, empathy, and compassion? This is medically proven. It also proves, improves your mood, decreases blood pressure, and cortisol, a stress hormone which directly impacts your stress levels. Who knew worshiping God by doing what he said and being kind actually was good for my body? Did you know that loving others helps with your heart health, lower blood pressure, and fights depression? Is that not cool? Is that not cool? So can you begin to see how worship is not based on personality? It's based on what he says, and it's actually not just good for him, but it's good for us. Isn't that amazing? It's 100% for his glory. We don't worship to be blessed. We worship because he's worthy, and he's like, I'm so good, I'm going to bless you, because that's just my character. I'm just going to pour my love on you. And you know what? I designed you this way. That when you live in full surrender as a living sacrifice, worshiping me in a way that is glorifying to me, that you'll live, you'll have health. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to have problems or health issues. What I'm saying is we can help ourselves by actually obeying Scripture. How much anxiety and stress and depression is just because we're not living according to Scripture? I don't know, but it's a question to ponder. Right? I don't know the answer, but it's something to ponder. Okay, so your personality has nothing to do with this. The only thing your personality does is it can make it a little harder to do some things than others. But again, we all have to sacrifice the praise. Second thing is feelings. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. But again, who's the center of that statement? Me. I. I don't feel like it. Again, Guys, I'm not trying to be mean, but did Jesus feel like going to the cross? No. But if he didn't, we wouldn't be here. Amen? Whew. 2 Samuel 24, 24. I'm just going to read this quick for time's sake. David, is, uh, David says, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, that costs me nothing. Will you only give God what's easy for you? Or are you willing to give God what he deserves? Paul and Silas were seized, drugged, and beaten. Why? For doing the work of the ministry, for doing the work of the kingdom. And what happened? In Acts 16, 25 through 32. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly... There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Do you see the fruit of them worshiping God when they probably didn't feel like it? I mean, they were just beaten, drugged through the city, 
put in jail for doing God's work. And they said, you know what? We're going to pray and we're going to sing through the night. And then here comes God doing what only God can do. And then this guy and his whole house gets saved. Woo! Amen? This is what I want to encourage you with. Some of us have the attitude that we will worship when we get our breakthrough. I want to challenge you to think, I will worship God before, during, and after my breakthrough. Amen? This is not mean it will be easy. Please do not hear that. I understand there's not always a season of shouting and jumping and dancing. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. But did you know that you can glorify God in your grief and your pain and your sorrow? Did you know that? God's glorified in everything as long as we do it His way. Amen? All right, so that's living sacrifice. Let's move on. It'll get lighter now. That was rough. Please don't email me and yell at me. It's Scripture. Jesus. The second thing is renew your mind. That's the second thing we saw in Romans 12. Renew your mind. This is how we live. This is how we live as uh, holy and acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. We renew our mind. We behold to become. Has anybody heard that statement? Behold to become. Or you become what you behold. Which is scriptural, right? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are, trans, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So what happens when we behold the glory of the Lord? Thank you, Mike. And thank you over here. Rachel. Rachel got on the back. We are transformed. Amen? Amen. So what is beholding? What is beholding? It's kind of a mysterious word. How do I behold God? I can't see Him. I can't. How do I do that? We look to Him. We look in the Word. We study the Word. We're going to get in this in a minute. But this word like beholding that Paul's using here, it's like to see God is in a mirror. It's kind of dim. It's not the fullness of God but we're seeing God. Amen? How many know that we don't see the fullness of God yet? Right? So, it's kind of like beholding Him in a mirror. We see Him. Sam Storm says it this way, Beholding is a way of becoming. That is to say, you become like that which you behold. We will take on the characteristics, values, and qualities of that which we most cherish and to which we devote our hearts and minds. We become like that which we cherish the most. What is it that you cherish the most? What is it? Is it the Lord? I hope so. So how do we behold or gaze or look to the Lord? Let's go over a few ways that we do this. We read and meditate on the Word. We read and meditate on the Word. This book that we said Jesus is worthy of everything in, we read it. And I don't just mean get my quick verse and get about my day. I mean we read it. We study it. We digest it. We eat it. Amen? So meditate, it's, it's, it's like, uh, not the weird meditation, but it's like to think intentionally and affectionately about, to think deeply of or upon. We pray the Scriptures. We pray the Scriptures. So I don't know if you guys do this, but maybe we'll take, uh, let's take John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes him would not perish but have everlasting life. Father, I just thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your only son, Jesus, the pure and spotless lamb, that I could have life and that I wouldn't die. Thank you, Jesus. We pray the scriptures. That easy. You read it and you pray it. Begin to thank Him for it. Begin to let it sink deep in your heart. We sing the Scriptures. 
And here's the beautiful thing. For you who don't think you have a good voice, God loves your voice. God loves to hear you sing. God loves to hear you sing. So don't worry about what you sound like. Worry about who you're singing to. Because he loves it. He, I mean, I'm telling you, like, I hear my kids are in the room. I love you kids. So what I'm about to say, don't take offense to. But my kids don't always sing on pitch, like sometimes rarely ever. But the thing I love is I love to just hear them. I love to hear them. I love to hear their voice. I love to hear the joy that's in their voice when they're singing. God loves that. God loves your voice. He loves to hear your voice. The other way we do it, we reflect on all he has done in our life. I encourage you to journal. If you don't journal, journal. Write down the things God's teaching you. Write down the things that God is showing you and doing in your life. Write down your prayers and write down when God answers those prayers. Spend intentional, intimate, focused time with the Lord. The other way we behold the Lord is we, we read it, we study it, we pray it, we sing it, we obey it. Obey it. You'll see the Lord in obeying this scripture. Amen? Okay. We're almost there. You guys are like, man, I should have just stayed at home in this. Didn't need to come get this. Anyway. We spend time learning about that which we love. Jeremy Riddle in the book Reset says this. I encourage everyone to read the book Reset. It is beautiful. The question we need to ask ourselves is this. Do we know God? Have we been spending time studying who he's revealed himself to be in his word? Or have we simply been studying other people's songs, books, and social media feeds? If our songwriting is any indication, we need to spend less time living vicariously through other people's revelation and more time getting our own. We need to commit to deepening our individual knowledge of God through consistent and careful study of His Word. I say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Jeremy Riddle also says um, in, the, in this book, the most impactful thing he's ever done is read the Bible. And I would say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Read the Bible. Study it. Get to know God. He's in here. He made it so we could get to know Him. Get to know His heart. Get to know the way He loves us. Amen? And again, this is what kindness is. Believers, we do not have an excuse to not worship God the way He wants to be worshipped. Because it's all in here. And as a believer of Jesus, it is my individual responsibility to read this Bible and obey it. As an elder of this church, it is my responsibility to love, shepherd, take care of, teach, lead, guide, help you in your life. It is not my responsibility to make you do any of God's work. I cannot. None of these elders can but we are here to love you and support you in any way that we can in your journey with Jesus. But again, this is an invitation to worship God. Why? Because I can't force you else it's not worship. If you worship God for any other reason, then he's worthy and he's holy. It's not worship. Amen? Okay. We're almost there. Are you guys okay? Okay, sometimes I was like, Lord, I really just wanted to teach on like lifting of the hands and like why I do spontaneous songs sometimes. And he was like, this is what you're teaching. I'm like, okay, Lord. If your desire to worship God is low, you are beholding the wrong things. If your desire to worship God is low or lacking or not there, you're, you're, you're looking at the wrong things. Here's the secret to living as a living sacrifice, to beholding the Lord, 
It's in Psalm 27, 4. This is David. And many people know David as the man who danced wild, right? He was a wild dancer, wild worshiper. Did you know that David not only was a wild worshiper in song, but a wild worshiper in his lifestyle? He's also, I think, unfortunately, mostly known for the guy who made two big mistakes with Bathsheba and her husband, which were huge mistakes. But did you know he's also the guy who refused to kill Saul when Saul was trying to kill him, and he could have, because he wanted to honor God and honor his king? Did you know David lived a life trying to honor God in the way that he lived and the things that he did? See, we look at David as a crazy worshiper, like, no, David honored God with his life. I mean, I, it's, not a, it's not the same, but I think how many of us would pass up an opportunity, a good old opportunity just to like slander somebody because they did us wrong? David's being pursued to be killed, and he's right there, and he's like, I can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. I got to honor God and honor this king. So this is David. Don't just think of him as the crazy worship guy. Worship and song. Think of him as a guy who loved the Lord and served him greatly. Psalm 27 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Guys, this is the secret to living a life that honors the Lord. The secret to overcoming, I don't feel like, and this is not my personality. This is the secret to being holy and acceptable to the Lord. It's the thing that having a heart that cries out, God, I want to dwell in your house. I want to gaze upon your beauty. I want to inquire in your temple. You know what Jesus tells us to do? Abide. That's what this dwell is. It's to abide. It's to remain. We're to remain in Jesus. Amen? We're to behold the risen King of God. Jesus Christ, the Lamb who was slain. We're to look at Him. Look at Him. And now that you know what behold and look at means, now go do it. Amen? Read your word. Pray the scriptures. Sing the scriptures. Do what it says. And I want to read one last passage of Scripture, and then, I, and then we're going to do something. What time is it? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. Do we have kids? Do I have to stop at 1130? I mean, I'll be done preaching at 1130. But I really have something I felt like the Lord wanted us to do this morning. And I, want, and I really want to challenge you guys. If you're in this room, and you're like, I really hate what he's saying, or really am not feeling this, or I totally disagree with what he's saying. Can you do me a favor? We're about to step, after I read this verse, we're going to step into a time where I'm going to go to the piano and it's going to be me and Jesus and I'm going to invite you to spend time with the Lord. I'm going to invite you to behold Jesus. I'm going to invite you to ask the Lord to search your heart and find out, Lord, am I worshiping you pure and holy? Guys, we always have something that he can convict us of, right? None of us have reached it. Paul was an amazing dude, and he himself said, I have not obtained this yet, but I'm letting go of what's behind, and I'm pressing forward. I want us to let go of our past experiences in worship, let go of our past beliefs in worship, and look at this and say, God, I will press forward worshiping you this way. Amen? And if you notice, I didn't teach you, you got to lift your hands, or you got to be kind, or you got to, those are ways we worship, but I want you to do your homework. You're a Christian. You read the Bible. You see how Jesus tells us to do it. Amen? Anyway, Psalm 63, 1 through 8. We're going to read Psalm 63, 1 through 8. Psalm 63, 1 through 8. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. 
as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the night. For you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. I just want to point out a couple of things in here, guys. and I want you to... I just, honestly, I, just, I think I keep feeling the lies of the enemy. But I want you guys to know, this, I did not mean this message in any harshness, in any mean spirit. I want you to receive this in the love of the Father, inviting you into what honors Him in worship that is so pleasing to Him, whether it's singing a song or whether it's loving your spouse or loving your neighbor. It is all worship to be a living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable to Him. So I hope you can receive this message today in love and in kindness, in the gentleness of the Lord. He is so beautiful. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our life. And I want to point out a couple of things in this Psalm 63 before we step into a little bit of just ministry time with Jesus. First of all, oh God, you are my God. Is he your God? Is the God of the Bible your God? Can you confidently say, God, you are my God? Earnestly I seek you earnestly. God, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Do you thirst for God like that? Do you thirst for the Lord like that? So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Are there moments in your life that you can think of where you have seen the power and the glory of the Lord? Can you recall that to your mind? Maybe you saw the peace of God come over you in a situation that was hard. Maybe you felt the joy of the Lord in a situation that was not joyful. Maybe you felt the love of the Lord in the midst of your sin and you were able to repent because of His goodness. Maybe you've seen Him heal. Can you think of a time when you've seen the power and the glory of the Lord Can you ask Him for more? Lord, I want more. I want to see Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Because Your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise You. Has He shown His steadfast love to you? If you're a Christian, then the answer is yes. Because you don't deserve salvation. It's a free gift. So he has shown his steadfast love towards you. So because of this steadfast love, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. Will you bless the Lord as long as you live because of His steadfast love? 
Will you lift up your hands because of his steadfast love? Not because of what you feel, not because of what you think your personality is, not because of it's uncomfortable, not because of anything else. Will you be a living sacrifice to the Lord because of his steadfast love? My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When? It says, when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. Will you remember the Lord? Will you meditate on his goodness? Will you think about him constantly? Would you allow him to consume your mind? Would you allow the goodness of God to invade your life? Would you give him space and place to be God in your life? Because, guys, the only way you and I can be a true living sacrifice is if we allow him to consume our minds, to consume our lives. And there's so much grace in the Lord. He's patient with us. He's patient with you. He's not going to beat you up. He's not going to destroy you. He's a loving Father that wants to lead you. Amen? For you have been my help. Has he been your help? Has he helped you? Has he led you? Has he kept you? In the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. I hope today's message has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you would like more information, you can find us at www.cobblestonechurch.com. Have a great week and God bless.